Hello and welcome to another episode of Make It Happen Today. So today it's just Claire. Lisa is away on holiday with her family. So I thought I would use the opportunity to talk a little bit more about myself and my journey over maybe the last five years, perhaps. So I have talked quite a bit about um, obviously my physical journey. So I talk pretty much in every episode if you listen about my fitness and my weight loss. And and I love talking about that because I'm so proud of what I achieve. But this episode, I thought I'd talk about the not so good parts of my life. Now, I have a very strong personality. If you haven't gathered that from any of the episodes, I'm quite strong-willed and I am quite passionate about many things, Um, but it's been a rough journey. So this is my story through divorce, basically. It's very raw. I haven't written anything down that I want to talk about, that I want to share. I just thought today's the day that I'm kind of ready to talk about it. So with Lisa not being here, Lisa, Lisa's been with me since we were 11. We've been best friends since we were 11. So she knows everything. And I thought it's good to be real, honestly, and share my story in case it resonates with somebody else. And in case my story inspires somebody else to know that there's light at the end of the tunnel and maybe inspires not the right words. Um, Maybe it's to give you hope that there's light at the end of the tunnel if you're in a similar situation or maybe you've gone through a divorce and you're picking up your life again. And just know that honestly, it gets better. It honestly gets better. So my story began maybe four years ago, five years ago even maybe. And I knew, so my, I'm, it's a difficult one. So I knew I wanted a divorce probably a year before I asked my husband for the divorce. So you don't get married to ever get a divorce, right? We get married because we're hopeless romantics and we want a family and we want to feel secure and we feel like we met the right person. And family, my family, are very anti-divorce. And so I'm the only, I'm the second person, not the only person, I'm the second person in my whole family to have ever got a divorce. Now, my aunt was a little bit of a black sheep for a while when she announced that she was getting divorced probably 15 years ago, which definitely was not the done thing. So then for me to say after six years, seven years of marriage that I was done, it was kind of uproar in my family and I upset a few people, including my parents, but I knew in my heart and my soul that I wanted out. And it wasn't a decision that I just woke up one day and thought, ah, I'm bored of this now. I want to leave. You don't do that. It's a massive decision for anybody that's thinking about it. Anybody that's been through it, you will know that it is freaking hell. And if you are one of the lucky people that managed to navigate 
a divorce and a separation easily, then my hat's off to you because I don't know how the hell you manage that. My life was shit when my husband realized actually I was serious and I really did want a divorce and he didn't believe it for six months so he kept we lived in the same house and he kept trying different ways to win me back and there was nothing there was nothing by the time I told him the decision was made there was no coming back from that I wasn't in love with him anymore I didn't want to be married I had already decided months and months and months before that I was done. I was just afraid. I was afraid of breaking the family. I was afraid for my children. I was afraid of what my family would say. I was so scared to do that. But in the end, I realized that I am worth more. I deserve more than what I had. I deserved to be happy. And I wasn't happy. I was emotionally dead. I didn't laugh. I didn't cry. I didn't feel anything. I just went through the motions of just existing. And I realized that I was worth more than that. And it took a long time for me to be brave enough to say that. So I remember the day of telling my ex-husband that I wanted a divorce and he just thought I was having a nervous breakdown. (laughs) Honestly, he thought I was having a nervous breakdown, a midlife crisis. I was overworked and he just wanted me to take some time, which I did. And honestly, it made no difference. I felt exactly the same. And so he kept trying and, and, um, In the end, I said to him, there's nothing you can say or do that's going to change my mind. I'm already done. And so we were renovating our home at the time. And I wanted to have it valued so that we could sell it. Well, he allowed that because he thought I was still joking, of course. So we had it valued. And then I, he said, we're not selling it until the renovations are complete. So I pulled out all the stops to get the renovations complete and he put a hold on everything. When he realised I was serious, he stopped all of the renovations, which meant we weren't able to sell the house, which meant I had no money and I was trapped living at the house. We also owned a business together and I didn't have access to any of the bank. So he managed all of the finances Um, I didn't have my own money. So all of my money went into the business. And one day in front of my employee, he threatened to cut me off the bank account. And so I would have nothing. Um, I had no credit cards. I had no personal money. So I was terrified. So I withdrew what money we did have in our savings. I withdrew it into a personal account just to protect myself. And from there, it just got worse and worse and worse. And I was living or sleeping on a mattress on a concrete floor in one of the bedrooms in my clothes because I never knew when he would just come into a bedroom and just want to see what I was doing. Or he would follow me around the house and it just started getting worse. You know, he he put a camera outside my room. He would tell me I would go out all the time, right, because it was so toxic 
And I felt scared all the time, just never knowing what was, when was he going to appear? Or when was he going to look over my shoulder? Or when was he going to try and just talk to me and see what I was doing and, and follow me around and stuff like that. And, and I, so I used to go out all the time. Um, and I remember one time I said to him, are you home? Are you watching the kids? Well, yeah, why? I said, well, I'm going to go out. And he was like, well, you can't go out. I'm like, no, I can. You're not the boss of me. No, you need to ask my permission. And honestly, this is the shit that I had to put up with. And this went on for six, five or six months. And in the end, I, I called my sister crying. And I was like, I can't take this anymore. I'm sleeping on a mattress on a concrete floor. I'm doing everything I can to renovate the house. But he's, you know, controlling everything. He's stopped all the tradesmen. The house is half done. There's cables out the ceiling. I'm sleeping in my clothes. I'm barely sleeping. I, I can't take it anymore. And she said to me, just come here. Um, come here for a, a few weeks and let's just figure it out. Well, that was one of the best and worst things I could ever have done because I tried to then go back to the house and it just was horrendous because then he believed that house was his because I had left and it became so toxic the police were involved the school was involved and it was probably the worst few months of my life honestly and if you have some similar experiences then I am so sorry for you but I know that you came through the other side you have to help because we all do. We all find the strength to keep fighting for what is right and what we believe. And so those few weeks of living at my sister's turned into a year, a year. I mean, even now when I think about it, it's crazy. And I lived in my sister's converted garage with my children for a year. We were seven people in one house with one toilet as my sister has two teenage kids. So I'm eternally grateful to her and her husband. I owe them so much. And I tried to be the best house guest that I could. But honestly, it was really hard work for all of us. And without her, I don't know what I would have done because all of my money was in that property. So I managed to get stopped building my on my own of course so I used to uh, I got my own salary paid into my own bank and stuff like that and we managed to split the business which saved me in the reality saved me that he did allow us to separate the business um but then going to court was probably three years of fighting in court cost me I don't know I'm scared I want to say it's like 20-ish thousand, which makes me feel sick, honestly, because that's 20,000 that I've spent. He's probably spent 20 to 30 fighting me. And that's money that is for the kids, in my mind. That's money that we didn't need to spend. The outcome was the same. We still have joint custody. We still split the profit of the property that we had but we just fought dirty because he his ego was bruised 
He was refusing to accept that I was the one that would leave. How dare I leave the marriage? How dare I leave him? Who do I think I am? I started dating, which then escalated the situation even more. And he became even more neurotic and vindictive. And he used to just throw bombs at me with his lawyers. And it was just exhausting. And it used to floor me. So I would get letters from his lawyers. And I couldn't do anything all day. I had to go to bed. I had to, I just cried and cried and cried and cried. And, but, and handing over all this money to my barrister and I had the best barrister, but it took a while. I had a shit lawyer who did nothing. I went to mediation, that did nothing. I tried to take the kids on holiday and he blocked it. Um, I tried to do anything and he blocked it. I tried to go back to the house and get some stuff and he blocked it. Um, This guy, even when I was allowed, when the court said I was allowed to go back and take half of the stuff, we had to have an itinerary of everything that I was allowed to take. And he had his friend there watching me take everything. And do you know what he did? He emptied the entire house of every single thing. Now, I'm not even joking. He emptied the entire house, every single room, every single kitchen cupboard, your shitty cupboard under the stairs, and this guy even emptied the loft. So he took out of the loft all of the baby photos, the kids' school books, the baby books that I had created when I gave birth in their first year. He took all of that. He took all of, like, my pregnancy notes. He took all of my, like, any photos that I had. He took the lot. Now, that was actually the killer for me. That really, really destroyed me, taking all of the baby stuff, um, all of the memories, everything that I had gone through in my pregnancy, everything that I had kept of theirs when they were little. He emptied the entire effing house. And it just, I look back and I find it comical that that must have taken him, God knows, two days two days it was a five bedroom house and you (laughs) emptied everything including most of the garage as well I have you know most of the garage he actually cleared out he cleared out the fridge and the freezer like this is the kind of person I have to deal with and when I think about it all of these things that he does just reminds me that I made the best decision ever I'm like you wanted to try and what, what teach me a lesson or you want to try and show me that you're better than me. None of that is tr- None of that is happening. None of that is true. So all you're doing is making yourself stressed. Clearly you must be stressed because who wants to fucking empty an entire house of stuff? You are doing everything you can to try and destroy me. I'm just here dating, living at my sister's, which yeah, is a bit sucky, but I get to spend every day with my sister and her kids. And yeah, I have to open up two doors and go outside in the snow when my daughter wants a wee at 3am because there's no connecting door from my room into the house. So I have to go out of the garden into the house at 3am in the snow when my daughter who's six wants a wee. But, you know, who's going to remember that? My daughter is. And she's going to know who put us in that situation. He did. So I just continue 
to keep my head held high. I continue to be proud of my actions and the things that I have done and the things that I continue to do because this is going to be a never-ending battle with this guy. We went to court just a few months ago. This is three and a half years since I left. We went to court again because he controls when the children can speak to me and when they can't. And he lost his battle in courts. I asked to be able to talk to them whenever I want. He won't allow it. He only wants me to be able to communicate with them within one hour period of a day. So between seven and eight. And that seven and eight, they have showers, they have dinner, they have movie night, they have games night. So he does whatever he can to stop them communicating with me. So I went to court um, to fight him. I won and I'm allowed to communicate with them. But you know what he does? He tells them no. No, you're not allowed to call mummy. No, it's not convenient. No, you're not allowed to call her at this time. And then he goes through my daughter's messages between me and her and reads all the messages. Um, I mean, this is this is horrific. Honestly, in my mind, it's horrific. And I just don't know anybody else's divorce. And I know a few people who have been divorced, but I don't know anybody else's that has been this toxic. But you know what? I continue to try to be the better person. I don't go through the messages of my kids. I remind them, hey, you haven't spoke to daddy uh, in days. Maybe you should drop him a message. Um, I buy presents on Father's Day. I buy presents on his birthday and Christmas. I don't always get a present, really. And I'm really lucky, actually, that my new partner, he organises all of that on behalf of the kids. So it's without even question, like I never once asked him to organise a Mother's Day present, but every year he organises a Mother's Day present for my kids to give to me. I mean, that goes without saying, right? It's incredible. And, and my relationships now are chalk and cheese. And I think that's also given me the boost that I know that it was the right decision that actually I've met somebody that treats me like a princess every day, is there for me no matter what, has been there for me during the divorce and everything that I've gone through. And I just know that life is so much better and it was worth all of the crap. And even if I didn't have my new partner and I'm so blessed to have him, in my soul, I know it was the right decision. I know that I am happier and I feel better and I feel a better person. And I'm so driven in my life. I'm not being told that I'm not good enough. I'm not being told that I do the laundry wrong. I'm not being told that I cook the wrong food. Like he gave a jacket potato once and a salad and I was in trouble because there was no meat on the plate. I mean, this is honestly, you can't make this stuff up. And I know that I'm not the only person that goes through this. I know there's so many women and men, honestly, there's, there's men that have um, messy marriages, but, but women go through this and they're beaten down and they're told they're not good enough. And they're told that I was told that I was cringy um, at an event. And I was told that I'm chavvy because I have pink nails. I love pink nails. I love it. I'm girly. I love pink nails. I'm not going to stop having pink nails. I still have them today, <laughs> but I was told they were chavvy and I weren't allowed. I wasn't allowed pink nails anymore. So I hope my story isn't too depressing because honestly, I'm not depressed. I feel in a very good place. I feel very happy. I have my life sorted out. I have my career. I have my home. My kids, I sorted out therapy for them to make sure 
I try and make sure that they're always loved and they have everything that they need. I try not to, I, I mean, I don't talk about him really, my ex. Um, so they don't hear so much. They do sometimes know bits and pieces. You know, why aren't we going on holiday? Well, because daddy won't give me your passports and daddy won't let me take you out of the country. So I'm not going to lie about that because then their response the first time I told them was, it's your fault. You, you know, you won't take us abroad and we've been abroad every year since we were born and why can't we go abroad? And, and, and the reality is it's not my fault because I actually do love to travel with my kids. I love taking them places and I love their faces when we're on an aeroplane. I absolutely adore, adore them. But he won't hand over the passports and he, um, I had to go through a lengthy court battle to get him to agree that I was allowed to take them out of the country. He still has the passports, obviously, because of COVID, but I am on a mission to book a holiday for them next year because it's been a long, long slog. I mean, I navigated that and took them to a friend in Scotland on a plane because you don't need a passport to travel internally. So that's how I navigated that situation. And my kids loved me and they loved life. A weekend in Scotland, they were so happy. Um, so I hope my story, like I said, is not too depressing because as you can hear, I hope you can hear from my voice. I'm still upbeat. I still chuckle about certain things, even though it was hell on earth and it, it was soul destroying and it did scar me. I'm not going to lie. It did scar me, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. So for anybody that is going through this, anybody that's having a really rough time, you are welcome to reach out to me through our Make It Happen social media, or you can find me on my personal social media, which is a little bit private and locked down because my ex was stalking me, his family was stalking me. So my personal stuff is on, on lockdown. But if you need help and you need support and you want someone to talk to who's been through it, I am here for you and I wish you nothing but the best. Hang in there because life does get better. Once you get through this bit, life honestly will open up for you and you will start living the life that you deserve. Because if I can do it, and it was three and a half years of fighting and an incredibly stressful and expensive process, then so can you. You can handle this. You can handle anything that they throw at you because they will throw shit at you to try and make themselves feel better and try and destroy you. But just hang in there. Just be proud of how you hold yourself. Don't let them see you cry. Don't let them see you weak. Do that in the bathroom. Do that behind closed doors. Do that with your family or your friends. But just stay strong. And remember, you have honestly got this. So, Thank you for listening to my story. I hope it wasn't too boring. Um, it was very raw and real to go through lots of different things that happened to me. And I just hope that that does make some of you feel better about your situation and just show you that there's light at the end of the tunnel. So again, if you need me, I am here. If not, thank you for listening to me and my story. And I hope you listen again next week. Have a great week. Thank you. Bye.